Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. My guest today is Bobby Curnow. Bobby is a group editor over at IDW and has been editor for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ongoing series since issue one. He has a trade available now called Ghost Tree. You can give him a follow over on Twitter at the Disasterix. That's at T-H-E-D-I-S-A-S-T-R. IX. What's going on, guys? I'm sitting here with Bobby, and we're going to talk turtles for a little while. Now, I'm not quite sure what your first iteration of the turtles um, from some of the interviews I've seen with you. It has been um, that mirage, at least I think, but my first um, introduction with these turtles was that original uh, 90s movie. So when you hear the term Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, what are some of the first emotions or thoughts um, that just pop up in your head when you hear that term? Uh, that's a complicated question, just since I've been living day in and day out with uh, turtles for coming up on 10 years now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's still that nostalgia feeling. Uh, I'm 39 right now, so I, my first exposure was the original cartoon, and then as I aged out of that, uh, then I got into the Mirage comics. But, um uh, you know, just just a, a extreme fondness for how wonderfully weird uh, the world of turtles is. Um, I mean, you, you get how weird it is just from the name, and it, it makes you think, you know, what's what's going on here? I need to find out more about whatever this crazy sounding, uh, you know, toy or property or, or comic is. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's just a, you know interest in the. And, uh, and curious what's going, what's next in this crazy world. Do you think you have more of an affection for these turtles now that you're seeing them, I don't want to say third party, but you're seeing them through your eyes, but also somebody else's eyes? Do you see them differently than you might have seen them, you know, 10 years ago? Well, yeah, definitely. Um, I, do, I do definitely feel like I have a deeper understanding of the characters. Um, I haven't helped develop them in the comics. Um, and yeah, uh, I think you, know, you just you kind of you get older and you have new perspectives on things. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was like, oh, cool, they're fighting, they're ninjas, they look weird, they're mutants. <laughs> uh, whereas now, it, it's a family aspect and in uh, the character aspect, and uh, you know, the relative youth and how they're they're, they're growing up, all those elements um, are, are much more interesting to me now that I'm older and have a bit more. Uh, you know, perspectives on, on both life and the, and the property. Now, did you start out, so you said you started out with the uh, cartoons and then later evolved into the Mirage and then so on, and there's, you know, what what was your favorite turtle then, and then why did you like it, and is that still, you know, I know you, you said before you don't really have a favorite turtle, um, or you kind of like them all, you know, I don't want to say equally, but, you know, you see the cohesiveness in them. So it's hard to kind of pick out. And I see most of the writers and artists, they have that same, um, you know, that same notion. It's so hard to pick. It's like picking your, you know, your favorite child. 
Um, but do you still follow that same like kid-like manner that you had that, oh man, like mine was always Raphael, you know, but what was yours? And then do you yeah. still have that same affinity for him? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Leo guy, definitely. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I think I had to like color blue, and I was like, oh, he's got long swords. That's cool. You can, you know, you got two of them. You can chop up enemies quicker and faster. Um, and I think that still kind of holds true, um, I think, for Leonardo. I always like, um, you know, characters that, that feel compelled to, uh, to keep everything together and, and, and do the right thing. Maybe it's the editor in me. Um, that Boy Scout. Organized chaos around me, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm still a Leo guy, uh, I'd say at heart, but, um, yeah, what you said is absolutely true. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a foursome, they're a family, they're a dynamic and, you know, all those flavors taste better together, definitely. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I said, I've always had that, I guess that connection with Rafa, just, you know, I don't want to say I'm an angry guy, but it's like, I can understand like why, sure. you know, he would be heated for, you know, whatever issue, you know, Leo taking too much of a stance or being too much of that boy scout not really you know especially in this you see um you know i don't want to say spoiler you know alert for you know issue 100 but some crazy shit happens in issue 100 and i gotta say i don't know about you but that last couple pages hit me so hard um you know like my eyes started watering and you just see I mean, do you think it's safe to say what happens, or should we keep people, make people go out and buy this issue 100? Yeah. It's, it's been about a year now, so I'd say go for it. Yeah, right. you know, so, cool I mean, Splinter died, and I don't, I don't know about you, but like whenever I, I read comics, right, there's always this specific voice for each character. You know, for the Turtles, it just happens to be, you know, that original cast. If I'm reading Batman, it's Kevin Conroy's Batman. Joker, Mark Hamill's Joker. You know, so seeing you know, that character act that way, and then um, it just completely decimated the family. I mean, what was the thought, or, like, what was, like, was it silent? Was it, like, you know, a funeral? Like, it was, it was a funeral, but, I mean, was it was it as somber as it was on the page inside the offices or when you were talking to the creators? Uh, no. I, you know, like, when we talked to artists involved and kind of give them a heads up with the storyline they are going to be, there were, there was some surprises Oh no, you can't you can't do that to Splinter. But um, we kind of we kind of had uh, knew that this was gonna happen. Um, uh, we you know, I would say in the forties of the series. Uh, Damn. Because we knew we were gonna kill Shredder in fifty, and we were gonna give the book plan over to Splinter. Um, and so and from there we started thinking about the larger arc of that, how that would maybe corrupt him a little bit. But then we also wanted to of course redeem him and have a. Have it, have it be a big moment, uh, like number 50 was. Um, we wanted to definitely you know, close close a chapter of the Turtles' lives and also open a brand new one. Um, so that was, that was kind of in the back of our minds uh, you know, for, for several years. Um, so I think by the time we got to it, um, you know, we probably were pretty comfortable with it and yeah. not too emotional about it. But um, it, was still, it was still great to see people's reactions and, uh, and, and realize that you know, the character touches people and... Um, and, and we've heard things like what you said, um, and that's always that's always great to know. It's something you've been working on for a few years can have that impact. That's, I think that's the main. Um, you know, it's nice to be paid too, but uh, I think that that kind of a emotional response is what you know when comics is, is really looking for. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's you see it in movies and TV shows. You know, an actor, 
you know, sadly, you know, we lost Chadwick Boseman last week. Um, you know, so you see that character. You, you, you. It's, it's. I think it's so much harder to convey a character's emotion or what they're thinking or what's going on really inside that head um, on a piece. Of, it's like a text message, right? You get a text message, you read it the wrong way. They didn't mean to send it that way, but you know, it happens. And it's the same thing with comics. You know, you, you I see that last page, or I see those pages, and I'm like, nah, they're not going to... Nah, this is going to be some nightmare sequence, you know. This is going to be some... And then I'm like, I turn the page, and I'm like, oh, shit. This this is this is happening. And then, you know, I'm, I've been married for 11 years now, so, you know, I start going, oh, shit, man, what? No, right? This is all this stuff. And I didn't think I was really saying this stuff out loud. And my wife rolls over. She's a real light sleeper. And she's what's wrong? And I'm like, they killed Splinter. I'm like, you woke me up for a fictitious rat. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, there's only been like a couple like stories. Um, I don't know if you, if you read anything like current now or have read anything current. I know being an editor is a real busy job. Um, you know, you got so many, you know, irons in the fire. Um, but did you ever get a chance to read Scott Snyder's, um, uh, Swamp Thing run back when DC did their relaunch? Yeah, yeah, I started it, I think. Uh, um, who was on, who did on that? Uh, Unique, Unique um, Paquette. Yeah, yeah, Unique I, Paquette. I, I, I think I read um, I probably 10 or 12 issues of that. I don't think I read it all the way through. Um, but yeah, that was good stuff. So, so they, they, had, they had that same, this was the, like, the first time since then. So I think this is, you know, issue 20, so maybe if they did, you know, one a year and it didn't happen, you know, they didn't skip um, you know, it would have been the two-year mark where he was coming off the book, and then Charles Soule took over. And they had that splash page where, you know, spoiler alert, they killed Abby, right? And you're like, holy, what the hell is going on? And it was, the, it was like the first time, you know, I got that look from my wife, like, Jesus, I can't mean, why did I marry this one of all people? But I just, going back to my original point, you know, when you see somebody on the big screen, on a TV, even a cartoon, you know, it'll hit you in the feels if it's on the right day, if you're in the wrong headspace, you know, but to get that kind of, um, just elicit that emotion in a reader, I just think is, it is amazing, you know, with pictures and words, I don't want to oversimplify it, but when it comes down to it, pictures and words, and you guys have done this on a consistent basis for 108 issues, we're not talking like micro series, um, or Shredder in Hell, or anything like that, the one shots, that came along, um, you know, for each turtle. And I, I really got to tip my hat to you guys. I mean, you guys, you know, I'm not a religious guy, but you guys are really doing the Lord's work over here with, uh, with these turtles, man. Well, it's really wonderful to hear. And I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I think part of it, I, I think we did a good job, so I'm not trying to take anything away from us, but I think part of it is, uh, you know, being with the series for so long, uh, and we had the luxury of, of being able to go for so many issues and, uh, you get to really develop that deeper relationship with the characters because you know them over time. Uh, you see how they're changing and how they're reacting to things, and they become a part of your life. And uh, you know, so it's it, it's we're we're helped out by the format um, in our longevity um, that we're very lucky to have. But thank you. This <laughs> is very nice to hear. And um, yeah, that's super. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's. This year has put so much stuff into perspective just for me, but I'm pretty sure for a lot of people. Um, you know, like I said, with Chadwick uh, dying last week, and then Cope, I'm a huge basketball fan. Sadly, I'm a Magic fan. You know, we're not going to, we haven't done anything in a few years, um, but it, it's just, I'm used to that letdown. But like, there was so much. 
that has happened this year that's just made it where I started thinking, I'm like, man, I really got to tell these people, I got to give them their roses. You know, I got to tell them, you know, even if it's just a, a glancing, thank you, I appreciate it type of thing. At least I know, you know, I got it off my chest and I could tell you guys, um, you know, thank you. Um, that's awesome. I really appreciate, uh, you know, you devoting your, your communication to putting out positivity out there. Um, you know, respectful critiques are great and that's always wonderful, but I never, I personally never understand people who go out of their way to, you know, uh, tell, tell a creator that they hated something that they did or something like that. So, uh, you know, it, it's nice to hear uh, people who want to want to spread some love out there and spread some positivity. positivity I mean, it's, there's so much negativity out in this world and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not always the most upbeat guy, but like when I'm, when I find something that I really love, man, it's like, it's like hitting that main vein, right? It's like that, it's like, oh, man, I, I gotta get this, you know, this book, and like I said, it just sounds like I'm full late in IDW and you guys so much, but I'm, I'm telling you, this, there's two books that it doesn't matter what else is in my pool list when I go to my, uh, my local comic store. If you guys are listening in Central Florida area, this is not a paid ad, but Comic Central and Sanford, outstanding store. Now back to your regular uh, recorded time. So uh, it is um, this one and Immortal Hulk from Al Ewing on Marvel. Um, those two books and then Turtles always goes over Hulk. Um, just, I've just been a bigger fan of the Turtles than uh, Hulk. Um, but there is one thing that I've always... Well, there's a few things that I've got written down here. But there's one thing for real that... you know, I've, Not that I haven't had a hard time understanding it, but I've always, always wanted to wonder like how it goes. So, you know, whenever you open up that first page, it always says story by, you know, Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. Um, now, is this something they would flush out, uh, you know, like long term, like Kevin and Tom would go back and forth? Or would it be something that like Kevin's like, hey, man, we want to do this. And then Tom gets on and then he kind of fills in, you know, the the chapters in between one and end. Yeah, did you hear me? Uh, yeah, I think you cut off the very end there. Oh, can you hear me? Uh, you're asking about the, the writing process of the, of the, of the issues. Uh, yes, sir. Like, uh, would, um, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it over, and I can always edit this back out. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always been interested when it comes to, uh, you know, a story. You open up that first page, and it's like, story by Kevin, collaboration with Tom, or, you know, collectively they were both on the story. Did Kevin just have, you know, hey, man, I want to see the turtles you know, start and then end here. And then it's up to Tom to kind of fill in that thing and then they bounce um, ideas off of each other? Or was it a little bit more, um, I don't want to say complicated, but it was a little bit more like, you know, we got notes for each one or index cards for each scene or, you know? Yeah, um, so just about the, the, the 20s of the issue, uh, it's really been the three of us. Um, I got a story credit in there too. I don't put my name on the, on the front just because that seems like a bit much, but... Um, what usually happens is that um, I'll, I'll kind of, since I'm also involved with all the side series and the mini series, I've got kind of like the, the bigger view of the entire uh, franchise at the moment. So how usually we have a what we call mind melt session. Uh, you know, Kevin Kevin lives down here uh, near San Diego. Uh, obviously, Tom does too. Uh, and so we we meet together, um, and I have a kind of like a list of of where we've been recently and what it seems like we're going to. Uh, and so then the three of us will just bat ideas around. Um, then usually I would uh, kind of type it all up into uh, sort of a, a paragraph by paragraph, uh, page by page breakdown of what happens in a story arc. 
and then and then Tom then we get that approved with Nickelodeon uh, and then Tom will write the script um, so we're all kind of in there uh, throwing in different ideas and then it's, it's Tom at the end who, who synthesizes it and um, so I'd say we're all involved in the plot but uh, you know Tom Tom is he's all the dialogue he's all the the details and um, yeah I really like say the heart of the, of the series because uh, I think uh, you know it's his dialogue and uh, the way, in a way, his approach to characters that uh, really, really makes the turtles identifiable and uh, lovable, and um, adds those as those stakes and tension. But uh, other, you know, other than that, it's a great collaborative effort, and uh, those mind melding sessions were, were tons of fun. And um, you know, like Kevin and Kevin and Peter were my heroes as, growing up. Um, and as, as I started getting into those Mirage comics, so you know, being able to hang out and, and shoot ideas back and forth with Kevin and Tom. Is, yeah, really been a career highlight for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that this idea came up by two dudes goofing off in what oh, yeah. <laughs> what they called Mirage Studios. You know, it, it's it's crazy that it's it's like I've told, like I said earlier, 108 issues, and we're not counting any of the side issues, any of the micro series, and it's it's I don't want to say crazy again, but it's crazy that this guy Tom can take four different turtles you know two different father figures the one evil you know so the the luke or you know the jedi and the rebellion uh or shit the jedi and the um uh, and thank you i blanked out here i had some i had some points here uh not the hugest star wars guy but i had some points there that i was trying to line up it just escaped me but i appreciate that that's why you're a great editor man you're sitting there you're watching he's gonna get it no, he's not. I'm gonna save him. So, <laughs> but no worries. I worked on Star Wars comics a little bit too, so I, you know, I got that at the, at the tip of my tongue. We'll uh, we'll put a pin in that one because, like I said, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but there's a few things um, that I, I really liked uh, about the Darth Vader comic series. Um, they've done like four or five of them now. Um, that's just one of those one of those franchises that I've tried to get into, and my son loves it, and it sucks because. I'll, I'll he'll ask me all these questions, and I'm usually the guy that rattles off. You know, if if my brain worked for science or math, I'd probably be a you know rich scientist now. But it works for food. You know, I'm a chef by trade. It works for movie quotes and mainly obscure movie quotes. Forrest Gump is one of those go-to ones, um, and then comic books. You know, so I don't really have that that hardware for Star Wars. And like when he first started getting into it, you know, he'd hit me with a "Who's this? Who's that?" And I know, you know, some of the base characters like everybody knows. But like he was hitting me with these yeah. details, and you know, I just I couldn't I couldn't Google fast enough. So you know, his first introduction to a comic book store was uh, me going to that comic book store I mentioned earlier, and then Sam, the guy there, um, I would just put my son in front of him. My son's five or six at the time, and he's just asking, just rattling these things off, you know. And then he would look over me, and he'd be like, you know, throw his shoulders up. I'm like, hey man, I'm here for shopping for comics. He's asking questions. You know, um, yeah. Well, I think uh, I think everyone, uh, all nerds, have a have a blind spot in, in nerddom, um, so that's not unusual. You know, I, I've never watched an episode of Doctor Who, and I've got friends who have been trying to get me to watch that for literally decades. So, you know, don't don't feel too much shame there. We all we all have to focus our nerddom powers in just a couple <laughs> directions to fully, you know, power up there. Yeah, I got you. But um, you know, so so what was it like seeing? everything's so different. I mean, was it hard for Tom 
to to find a voice for these guys, or did you did you notice? Because it seems like he hit his mark, unlike I did just a second ago. It seems like he hit his mark on every single issue. And for comics going this long, you very rarely will you see. You know, in my opinion, I'm biased, but there hasn't been one sleeper issue of this entire series. There hasn't been one filler issue. You know, was that just him being the unicorn that he is, or or, or is that just you know? consistent, you know, practice, consistent reps with, you know, reading the back material, getting any source material he can. Like, what was, what was, I just don't see how he did it flawlessly every single time. Well, I think part of it is, uh, you know, yeah, training those muscles and, and after time, you, you, you know, they're, 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 they're toned and you can uh, just kind of go for it. Uh, but I also think um, our approach, uh, our, our mind-melding sessions uh, really, helps. Uh, I think we're able to help each other uh, where we're a little bit uh, weaker than one another. Um, you know, Tom, I think Tom freely admits that he's not great at fight scenes. Uh, and Kevin, who, you know, really loves martial arts and uh, loves you know, kung fu movies and that kind of stuff, he'll often have an idea about how to stage a scene or, or where it would be. Um, I'm more, I'm a, I consider myself a plot guy, so a lot of the big twists um, are, are things that I kind of up with so I think all of that together and like as I said with Tom um, just having that great sense of the characters and their voices um, I think all those things together really uh, you know help, help out uh, help make it a smooth consistent reading experience because we're kind of able to help each other out when when something isn't quite where it should be now when you've got the flagship turtle book that you're editing or you're the editor for excuse me um is everybody coming to you to see like where the story's going? So they, if they're doing a miniseries or if they're doing a one shot or something like that, do they have to run everything by you, or is that you know an editor to editor type of thing? Yeah, that's all me. Um, with you know everything, everything that um, is produced is approved by Nickelodeon at some stage. So um, there's never been an instance where we did you know surprise issue and we had no clue what was happening. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, if it was a writer on a miniseries or something, we talk about kind of what we're looking for in the series, what's going on in the series. Um, you know, if there's some, if I, if I knew that there's some sort of specific plot point that I knew that we wanted to have be bolstered, um, in the ongoing series, I'd walk them through that. Uh, then there are other times, um, like this Dimension X, uh, miniseries we did where it's just like, the turtles have this goal, but you do whatever you want with it. Uh, you know, it's just kind of a chance to have fun and play around with it. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, but, you know, artists, you know, artists and writers, uh, would, as, as an editor, it's sort of my job to make sure everyone knows what they need to know and, um, and, uh, everyone's on the same page, essentially. Now, two questions, you know, came up while you were, uh, given the explanation. Thank you for that. Um, Nickelodeon's come up a few times. Have there been anything that you guys really wanted to do that they just said no, or have they been just man, just make it good? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely small things um, that I can't even really think of. Um, and I, there is something uh, kind of. We I think we wanted uh, number one hundred to go a little uh, Bishop's Fate to go a little differently. Um, and we, and we, they asked us to pull back on that, but, um, very few, but the very first year they were, they were, I would say very involved and 
had a good deal of notes, uh, which is understandable. Um, you know, Nick Lillian paid a lot of money for the franchise, and mm-hmm. we were the first out the gate um, before uh, their cartoon came out or any of the movies, so they were very protective of it, and they wanted to make sure that, uh, and you know, we were, the relationship was new, um, IEW had not done comics with Nickelodeon before, so they were protective over it, and uh, so there were a lot more notes then, but by the second year, they kind of got that we got it, uh, and um, I've been, I would say, you know, largely pretty hands-off, um, they've been, uh, our, my main contact there is, is a woman named Joan, and you know, she'll have great ideas on occasion, too. Um, if she's reading proposal, and she'll say, oh, but what about if this character did something? We're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Um, but even that's, you know, pretty few and uh, far between. They're, they're, they're overall um, pretty hands-off. Uh, I think that's, that's a testament to our communication is that uh, we've always been really, uh, you know, uh, talking to them clearly about what our plans are. And so there haven't been many surprises um, in terms of, of us doing things they weren't expecting. So it's, it's I work on a few different uh, licenses, and over the years, over the past decade, I've worked on dozens of them. Uh, but Nickelodeon is, is, are some of my favorite people, some of my favorite licenses. They really they understand comics, and they understand uh, that what we're doing in comics is different than what might be going on in the cartoons and in the movies, and they encourage and support that. So that's that's relatively rare, um, and we're we're very thankful for that. I mean, they had some of, you know, sidebar, they had some of the best cartoons of all time. You know, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, and even in some into the early 90s, um, you know, you had some of the greatest cartoons uh, that it, that's ever I've ever seen, at least, you know, and every generation's biased. Um, but, you know, just seeing... Yeah, well, they, they weren't afraid to get weird, you know? They weren't afraid to... Um, they weren't afraid to be weird, and also they didn't talk down to the audience. Um, you know, I remember those cartoons from the early 90s, and I felt like it was just like you were transported to a different world, and it wasn't like, you know, you, you were you were clearly just being marketed to. Um, so, yeah, they, I, I think everyone in Nickelodeon is, uh, is good people. You, you could see, you could see the, you'd always see the two sides whenever you see a movie, right? So you see that, you see that money aspect. You're like, oh, man, this movie might have been a money grab, right? And then you see that heart, sure. right? And there's so many movies that don't have one or the other, or they have one or the other, you know. And with a lot of the cartoons, and I think that's why it translates so well to the comics, is a lot of those cartoons you could see that they really wanted to, to it was a passion project or it was something they were having fun with. And then when you start seeing yeah. things change and it starts getting, oh man, this is starting to get weird and not in a good way, you know, then you find out, you know, years down the road that there was a lot of, you know, bad blood. Um, how have you guys been able to, you know, because everybody, like, creative, you know, in the creative field, right? So what I do for a living, like I said, I'm a chef. It's a craft, but, you know, it's art at the end of the day. Has that, and you always get people that don't take criticism very well. You know, has there ever been, like, that, and I, I don't want to get too personal, but I, I just want to know how it is managed, like, at the managing level, um, when you have to manage, like, so many different creative types what is that like? Is that difficult or? Uh, it can be. Um, you kind of, over time, I would say it's, it's more difficult uh, for when you're starting out uh, in a creative field when you don't really know what you're doing. Uh, you don't really know, um, maybe I'll say, you know, some danger signs uh, with people. You can tell like, oh, this person's very egocentric or this person is just phoning it in for, for the money, for the check. Um, but uh, that's, you know, that's not really an, an issue uh, at all with turtles. 
for a few different reasons. I think partly uh, the turtles are really in, in their world are really fun to draw, and so I've never had difficulty finding artists for turtles. Everyone, you know, a lot of artists just really enjoy the world and drawing them, and um, they like drawing something different and weird. Uh, and so there's almost everyone comes with a lot of enthusiasm uh, to turtles, and um, I think it also helps that Kevin is there. You know, everyone everyone kind of knows that. Um, you know, Peter and Kevin created this, and, and Kevin's still very much involved, and so he's rightfully going to be kind of the, the center star um, of it. So, I, and everyone also loves Kevin and uh, is excited for a chance to work with them, even even a little bit or tangentially. So, I think a lot of um, you know where you maybe would get uh, ego problems or, or communication problems. I think we're kind of lucky with, uh, with Turtles that it's sort of a lot of people's dream projects and. Um, the people involved with it are have a good reputation. Um, so you know, everyone's just kind of on board to uh, you know, make make the best turtle products they can, uh, tell the best turtle stories they can. So um, we've been I've been supremely lucky. Uh, I can't I can't really think of anyone who was I would say difficult to work with. Um, oh yeah, you don't have to you don't have to drop any line. names. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm being honest. Um, you know, there's definitely been people who have missed their deadlines uh, and. You know, maybe that was uh, discouraging them from getting more work. Uh, but overall, you know, on a personal communication, you know, work work level, uh, everyone's been great. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really I've been really lucky. Just going back to that that movie now, you could tell you know in your work you guys are having fun. You know, it's not like you said phoning it in. You know, every you guys have had. I don't want to say a revolving door of artists, um, you know, because it just sounds like you guys are just using one and going. But but you guys have had some of these guys on here. Um, Dan Duncan was, I don't want to say my favorite because there's so many different artists on here, and I'm loving what Sophie's doing. Uh, we got her coming on the podcast really really soon too, and I'm I'm so pumped because there's she's she's this this turtle person and then she's huge into monsters and then she plays D and D and then all this crazy stuff's going on. So it, I, I know it's going to be a fun talk and she is, she has been, and she, she said you you were going to be a fun discussion too. And she, she didn't lie at all. Um, so I was talking to her right before this cause we were setting up that schedule, but, uh, she was, she was telling me, um, that, that you know, when she started doing this stuff, you know, it, it's same with you. It started with, you know, one thing and then it evolved to this. And then, so that all blended into, you know, her creative style. And what I've liked, you know, with this, what, what has she been on eight issues so far? Not counting just for this main title after Tom took it over. It's been eight, right? I, uh, yes, I guess, yes, that's what's been out. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're working a few of oh. ahead, it's always, no, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Have to kind of figure out what came out. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. One away with the last one. Yeah, 108 just came out last Wednesday, not, uh, not yesterday, but uh, the week before last. Um, you know, and it seems like she's hitting her marks. And I don't want—I don't ever compare a writer or an artist to a different one. I like writers for certain things. There's some writers, like you were saying, you know, that Tom might have had, you know, um, kind of some issues of flushing out fighting scenes, and then he had the OG triple OG. Uh, you know, Kevin to go, Hey man, you, you're super into the martial arts. Is there something that I'm missing here? Is there something that's not clicking or a part of this equation is not adding up to what I need it to add up, you know? And is it, has it been like you guys have these people, um, by creators, the writers or artists, do you have them like, um, in mind for specific story arcs or is it like, Hey man, we need somebody to fill in or how do you guys go about picking, 
um, and choosing if you need somebody to fill in for a few? Yeah, uh, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, it, it's always a bit of uh, plan- half magic. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly half, but it's always part um, part planning and part improv- improvisation. Uh, it always depends on what people's schedules are. Uh, I really had to talk Sophie into um, you know doing doing this art because she had other stuff, she had other books that she wanted to work on. I'm glad you did. Um, yeah, um, it didn't take that much. Uh, but it did take a little bit of doing more than more than I usually do have to do because you as I said normally everyone just kind of jumps at turtles and Sophie is a huge turtle fan there's no question about that uh one of the very biggest but I you know she just had other stuff going on but um you talk about different strengths as a writer um and I know I know Sophie is is less of that big plot uh big danger person but is really wonderful with small moments uh and in characters just living uh and being themselves uh, and, and we knew after issue 100 and City of War, the, the long storyline that came before that, that was just sort of relentless action. We knew we needed a breather. Um, a pick-me-up moment. For the reader, just to kind of, yeah, both the, for the reader, just kind of get a break from the action. Also for the turtles to deal with that, you know, the trauma of losing their father figure. Um, so uh, so I, I knew Sophie was going to be a good match for that. Um, I thought after 100 issues... Um, yeah, it was a good time for a change of pace. Um, and I, I'm, none of us were, were tired, I'd say, but we could all of us, uh, Kevin, Tom, and myself, I felt used a, a little bit of a break because we were just really coming. It was finally catching up to us at the end there. Uh, we were just coming closer and closer and closer to our deadlines, and uh, it wasn't going to be sustainable forever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, now now Kevin and Tom are working hard at um, The Last Ronin, which is uh, I can't a wait. series that's going to be coming out soon. Yeah, so... Um, you know they're they're not they're not gone from turtles at all, and they could come back to the ongoing one day. Um, but yeah, we definitely I felt like we all needed a, a little bit of a break and a change of pace. So, and I think Sophie was the exact right person to come on board. So, uh, I'm really happy that she we did were able to make it work. I am too, and you know I it's I hate saying this, but you know I'm very honest person, very blunt person. Um, you know I didn't really know about her. You know, I was uh, I was a Navy guy, so I was consistently deployed. So I actually started picking up this series um, probably 2014, 2015, because I was deployed um, so often. My wife would go and get my comics, and I'd get you know my little care. I get a couple care packages um, every month, and then she'd save my books. Um, you know, and then the other two would be from her and my mom, and then it'd be snacks so I could actually eat on the carrier. Uh, 5,500 people, not a lot of food, and you know. People tend to people tend to be a little bit greedy when the good stuff comes up. So they always kept me fed, and they always make sure I was reading. Um, you know, so I didn't know Sophie Campbell probably until I want to say three years ago. And then I was I was looking for a specific toy um, when Naked started releasing uh, some of this stuff. You know, through GameStop and everything else, I started you know getting more into the toy purchasing. And I was just on this on this Facebook group, and I was like, "Hey, if you guys like this cover artist, what would you say, or who would you like to see that hasn't been on a turtle book?" And it was, you know, a couple days later, I looked back, and there was twenty or thirty comments, and every other one was Sophie Campbell, Sophie Campbell, Sophie Campbell. I'm like, "Why have I never heard of this person before?" You know, and and I hate saying I've never heard of that person because it, it almost makes me feel like I'm diminishing them, but but I'm really not. It's just I was gone for so long. You know, and then I see her name pop up, and then I see that she's getting to write these books, and I start going back and buying all of these other things that she was doing, and I'm like, man, 
do they have, I don't want to say the next Tom Waltz because everybody's different, but do they have that next scribe that was supposed to be for the turtles you know what i mean it went kevin and peter and then you know if you cut out everything in between it you know it went tom and kevin and then is it going to be sophie tom and kevin now i like so this is just uh it's just sophie these days uh um you know, kevin and tom are still reading the issues and uh, they have opportunity to chime in uh before it goes to print uh but it is really just uh sophie um Part of one of the thing I wanted to do was uh, was to bring in some different voices, uh, and so we're kind of doing um, what I'm calling a showrunner approach, uh, where um, you know now so now Sophie is the showrunner. So she might not be completely writing every issue or drawing every issue, but it's her story more than anyone else's. She's kind of leading the general uh, thrust of it, uh, and so that's going to be going um, up to up to issue 120, I believe. Um, and then, and then I think we'll probably shift gears again. I think that's about all uh, Sophie um, has, has bandwidth for. Um, she may very well tell you that she wants to go on forever, but that's, that's the agreed upon, um, you know, kind of uh, extent. Uh, like a contract. Then, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but after that, you know, every, what's great is that, as I said before, I've had great experiences with all the creators, and that's why you keep seeing people uh, like Dave Wachter, like Matthias Antelope, uh, return to the series uh, is because they have a lot of love for the turtles, um, and I hope I let people know that you know, the door is always open for the, for the future. Uh, we're lucky that we have a long uh, a series with long lifespan, and so uh, I love that people can come back and they come back, uh, you know, better artists always. No one's come back a worse artist. Uh, so the book continues to be uh, enriched by those creators who um, are. are both advancing in the turtles world and advancing in the artist world. Um, so yeah, we're absolutely very lucky in that regard. Man, Mateus can, he can draw the hell out of some turtles, man. I, I was blown away cause it's like, it used to be all about the art when I was younger. And then slowly as I've gotten older, I've really, I don't want to say I was paying attention to the words more, but it seems like they've registered more. Um, you know, and, and, at this point, it used to be I could just buy, oh, man, it's got my favorite artist. Cool, I can get this book. But now if that story's you know not there, is is it hard? Well, not hard. How is it transitioning from Tom's voice to Sophie's voice and then whoever you guys have selected for the next voice? Are you always looking not so much for something different but for something, well, I guess something different? Um, yeah, it depends. Um, you know, I, I thought Sophie would be the right person for uh, where the story was uh, at the time that she took over. But um, uh, you know, I was very familiar with Sophie's writing, both on Turtles and uh, uh, her other writing, her other creator-owned books. Um, so it depends. Uh, you know, I'd like to think. Um, I don't think I have very much uh, of an editorial heavy hand, uh, especially not these days. Um, and so I, I think mostly just Sophie feeling comfortable uh, in the environment, in the working environment with the turtles. Um, and there'll be a few things, a few times we'll be like, yeah, this doesn't quite feel right to me that uh, this character is doing this. Um, and, but that's a very few and far between. Um, so it, it really hasn't been too much an issue. Um, you know, I think some people, uh, some people like Sophie more than 
Tom as a writer, and I, I think the vice versa is true. And I think that's very, I, I, you know, we all have our favorite writers, and they just speak to us for any given reason. Um, I think that's that's healthy and natural. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's uh, it hasn't been difficult for me um, managing that that transition. Everybody always does better when they have that ad. Not I want to say adversary because that's not what it is, but like Coke and Pepsi. You know, you had Tyson and Holyfield. Jordan or, you know, LeBron, Kobe, insert whatever, you know, you want here, but it's nice to have, it's nice to have, they're not equal in the sense that they write exactly the same, you know, they're equal because they're both putting out just, you know, such fantastic books, both artistically and with, you know, the wordsmithing that they've been doing, um, you know, has there been something as far as a secondary character that you have seen not portrayed enough in either one story, or either um, either writer's rendition of their turtles. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, there's characters maybe I, I would like to see more, but that could just be a, a personal uh, preference. Um, Who would you yeah, like I'm to see? Big Baxter guy. I, I love to see Baxter, but he's actually getting uh, some time now as, as mayor of New York. Um, PJ Floyd, I think, is, is cool. Uh, I'd like to see him kind of back in the series. Um, I'd like, we're, you know, we're, we're starting to develop uh, Alex a little bit more. I'm happy about that. I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like. I'd love to see Angel get more of a um, slash nobody uh, get um, more time. Um, you know, April, April is someone who is one of my favorite characters, and again, I think we're doing uh, pretty good with her now, uh, working working in the mayor's office at Stockman, but I would love to, I'd love to get some stories that, you know, where they're more of the, the main characters, uh, and I think we're, you know, we're, we're long we're long enough in the series where we can do that, not everything has to be the turtle, um, but, you know, I, I'm hopeful that we will get to those, uh, those stories eventually, so, um, we got such a big cast of characters, uh, and I know I know there's definitely some people who feel like the turtles are taking a back seat in their own book, and I can understand that criticism um, at, at different times. Um, but yeah, there's just so many great characters, uh, both that were ready made for us to play with, and then some characters that we've come up on our own, like uh, Old Hob, uh, who were really taken with and, and wanted to develop. Uh, so that's that's one of the most difficult things is juggling all those characters and not. Um, you know, ignoring anyone, and that was definitely one of the very hardest things in uh, uh, City at War, um, and, you know, those issues 90 through 100, is we wanted to touch on everyone almost and give everyone a, a cool moment, um, and, you know, we, I think we, we did that to an extent, um, definitely some things were more successful than others in terms of uh, character impact and development, um, there's no doubt about that, um, but, uh, you know, it's also part of the fun, though, too, is having... It's a, it's, it's a good price. A better problem to have too many great characters than not enough. So uh, that's, that's to our advantage, definitely. I think if you were to cast Nick Nolte in an actual... Or not Nick Nolte, I just gave you the punchline. Old Hob. I'm choosing Nick Nolte all day. You know, does anybody play... Yeah, yeah he's a great voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him or Ron Perlman, you know, his grungy Hellboy. I mean, it's campy in today's age, but back in the day it was... You know, grimy type of feel, you know. But that character, that character, I mean, it just reminds me of like my grandpa. My grandpa was always one of those dudes that would just, 
he would mess with you. He would, you know, pull practical jokes and, um, you know, he, <laughs> I, I don't know how PC it is or whatever, whatever it is, but he would take a, he would take a banana and he always wore tight blue jeans. And then, you know, he would, he would, uh, you know, chase my grandma around the house with a banana, uh, you know, coming through a zipper and stuff. And I always felt like old Hob, he has this, this tough demeanor, this gruff about him, but it, it's, he almost makes me feel like he's kind of like wrath. Where if you start, you know, like Shrek, you start peeling back those layers of that onion, you know, you might find something yeah, that definitely. smells or might be harsh, you know, it might might be a little soft. Do you see that for that character? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was in, during the City War arc. It was really fun to play them, uh, you know, close to each other because I think absolutely they are very similar. And uh, I think I didn't realize this until my thirties uh, when when I don't like someone. Uh, in my personal life, which is, you know, isn't often, but someone's kind of rubs you the wrong way, it's usually, like, later on, I'll realize, oh, what I don't like about them is something I don't like about myself that I haven't fully, you know, uh, dealt with. processed or, or, yeah, dealt with, exactly. You, you see something you don't, you know, that you recognize. Um, so I, I think they have a lot of uh, um, conflict with each other because they are similar. Um, and, uh, you know, so sometimes... Um, you know, opposites attract. Um, I guess you know, similars can repulse. Yeah. spoke earlier um i, I want to talk a secondary character you know I don't, I don't ever like calling it a secondary character because it always like i said it just sounds like we're pushing them in the background or they don't mean much as a main character um you know, no, I know yeah. but when supporting, supporting, supporting that sounds so much better that's like calling uh like that's like calling a waiter now uh, or a server a waiter apparently waiter is a mm-hmm. demeaning i'd found this out you know a few months before uh, we all got shut down and stuff like that. I found out that you're not supposed to call, you know, servers waiters anymore. Um, but uh, when you guys said you had it fleshed out that Splinter was going to die by around issue 30 or 40, you said? Yeah, in the 40s, I think. I'm not, I'm not positive, but yeah, I'd say around then. Because that's a pretty good chunk of time. And you said it after that two-year mark, IDW was like, all right, man, they got it. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to, we know it's in good hands. We know they're not going to, you know, hurt us here. Would there been a second character that you guys might have felt had the a, just as big impact if you weren't allowed to, you know, um, kill Splinter? Uh, short of one of the turtles, one of the four turtles. No, I don't think so. Um, I, you know, 
maybe maybe if it played the right way, uh, April or Casey. Um, but you know, as dear as those two characters are to the turtles, um, you know, they're not they're not uh, family. They're not direct family. Uh, in our in our world, you know, they shared history going back to feudal Japan when they were you know literally uh, a blood plant family. Um, so it, it's it's hard it's hard to imagine anyone quite having the impact of Splinter. Um, so no, I don't think so. You know, I think definitely we could have got some some heartstrings pulled with another character, but um, not to the same extent. Because the way it was always set up, because you know. And it's not a hundred percent, you know. My my, like I said, my brain doesn't really work for math, so it's not like a hundred percent. If you follow A B, you're gonna get C for this logic of thinking. But whenever I thought, it just caught me off. I never thought Splinter would go. I never really thought a turtle would go. I figured Shredder, you know, would, and you know, he did. Um, but I always felt like, even though she wasn't on every single page, it always felt like April would be, would have been the one that you know got the axe vice splinter had that ever come up at all or is she like a, a sacred character type of thing um you know i think everyone is, is uh, i don't think there's any characters that are uh you know completely safe and, and we would never harm um yeah i think it's just a matter of uh you know once we knew splinter was going to take over the book clan it just that's that's the track we started going down uh and, and april just doesn't doesn't have that connection with, say, the Foot Clan or, or the larger mythology. Um, so it just she wasn't she wasn't a natural focus for us uh, in the issues fifty through uh, hundred. Um, so we so it'd be harder to uh, develop uh, that that key moment. Um, you know, I mean, it is definitely you know we could have had a completely different story and done something similar but different, um, no doubt. But that's just that's not where the story took us. Um, okay. And that's what's one of the most fun thing about it. Um, you know, I, I talk about we have these kind of large, uh, overarching year plans, uh, but those they're definitely they're they're very um, they're blueprints, and, and a lot of details are, are out uh, are are not developed. And sometimes in the course of an issue, uh, you know, we'll come across a new character that we're really enjoying, and that will change the whole direction of, of what goes goes on. And maybe we'll. we'll end up at that end point we planned but it be through a different way and that's the most fun is, is just kind of seeing where the story takes us as, as we go and uh, I think it would be a lot less fun if we had this master plan where every issue was planned out perfectly and you know that would get kind of boring for us yeah. I think and I think it probably would translate to the reader as well too um, so it, it's nice it's great to have a, a general you know a general plan but being able to take detours and uh, have fun with it same time, it's kind of accessible as well. Okay, now I'm not asking you for spoilers here, but has in in your so like for me, if I were to work with any chef possible, I'd always want to work with Emerald because that was my introduction to cooking, right? That was my guy. Has there been any writer or artist, you know, if you had complete control where you can be like, hey man, you can come work with me. We don't have to worry about contracts or anything like that from any of these other companies you work for. Um, if you could say, hey, I would love to have this writer or this artist, or even this creative team, barring Tom, Kevin, Peter, and Sophie, who do you think you would pick? Yeah, or? Um, that's, that's really difficult. Um, definitely, definitely changes, uh, which would change um, from time to time. Um, the first name that's coming to my mind is, is Rick Remender. Um, mm. I'm a huge, huge fan of his, and, uh, and he, he worked on Turtles. Um, 
briefly uh, for Mirage back in the day, um, kind of later later era Mirage, I think in the in the aughts. Um, uh, so you know, he he, has, he already has some familiarity, and uh, uh, at least you know I don't know the guy, but one assumes he had you know, interested in turtles at one point. Um, so that'd be that'd be definitely really cool. Um, he, he's made clear that uh, I think on social media that he doesn't have any interest in working on things uh, other than his own. Yeah. Own books, uh, his own creator, own books, which I totally respect. Um, but that, that if we're talking about dream creators, that'd be great. Um, I'm a big fan of Jeff Lemire. Uh, oh, fantastic. Cool. Um, and then uh, you know that's just sort of uh, what I consider you know standard standard action turtles. But if you open that up to kind of more slice of life stories, geez, um, you know it it, the, it opens up tremendously. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I couldn't even start uh, with that. But I, you know, I, I've always felt like um, I've had one one foot. I when I grew up reading comics, I had one foot in superheroes and one foot in the indie world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that and turtles are kind of the perfect straddling of that. But um, I would. My point being is, I would want to get some more weird uh, independent indie creators that you know maybe uh, haven't had had don't have an established fandom. Uh, and we've been able to do that to an extent in some of the side series, um, but I would, I would definitely, I, I love doing that. I love work, working with people uh, who maybe aren't um, as well known, people who are coming into their own. Um, that's always, you know, it's just exciting to work with uh, exciting people. So, um, yeah, no, I did that. The, the list is endless. I would love, you know, there's, there's endless, endless uh, people. I'd love to see... Um, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba do do uh, some turtle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. There's going on, on and on. I mean, Je- Jeff Lemire, he would be outst- I I first comic of his, um, like I said, I got back in at around 2011. Um, was that Animal Man run? Um, just a fantastic book, and that was like my introduction. And I started following. That's when I learned to like, oh man, I'm just going to follow these writers. I don't care what book it is. You know, I never read really Animal Man before. Um, I'd seen him on some stuff, but I was like, it was real too, a little too weird for me at the time. And then I see what he does with this obscure character, and I mean, I think it would be a perfect fit. Um, and he's not an indie guy, but man, I think Mark Wade with uh, what he did with Justice League um, and a few of the things that he's done, um, as far as team books go, I think he could really nail a pretty solid turtle uh, turtle series or a turtle arc. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, any anyone who's any of those guys, you know, Kurt, Kurt Busiek, any of those kind of what I call a veteran, um, you know, those, those guys all know what they're doing uh, very well, and absolutely, yeah, they, they put out some great books. And if I had, if I, if I just had the money, man, I'd, I'm hiring George Perez, uh, just fantastic sure, artist. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got off track. I apologize there. Um, uh, real quick, one second of pop culture, whether it be TV shows. Um, movies, books, what have you. Is there a hero that you think that could go along? You know, we've seen Batman, um, so we've seen the Ghostbusters, we've seen Power Rangers. Is there a superhero or a superhero team that you think would, you know, kind of fit with the Turtles? Um, we're just doing the rapid fire. I'm just going to say the things that uh, that immediately came to mind. If these aren't my, you know, if, if I had time to think about it, these wouldn't be my final answers, but... Um, yeah, I just, uh, I saw the new Bill and Ted movie, so I would love to see the turtles with Bill and Ted on a travel adventure. And when you said Bill, the first name that came to my mind was Dr. Doom. So let's have Bill and Ted with the turtles on a, on versus Dr. Doom uh, in a time, you know, 
time crisis type thing. That's 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 the story. Doc Brown is the evil villain behind it. He's the uh, the Oz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the real Doctor Doom. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> when when you were doing what you do for any of the books, you know, keeping everybody on par or, you know, keeping the story, you know, flowing and making sense. Um, are you like a quiet guy or are you somebody that has to have something on as background noise? Uh, I'm, I'm usually a quiet guy when it comes to uh, writing and doing something creative. I'm very much a background guy, a uh, noise guy when uh, uh, I'm doing something kind of mindless, you know, like a spreadsheet or, or you know, changing file names or who knows what. Um, it's mindless. I love to, you know, rock out with something. Um, but I, I do find it a little distracting when I'm actually trying to think some thoughts. Okay. And is there anything that you've read in the past or recently um, that, that maybe not everybody knows about, but you really want people to know about? You want to get it out there. You got to get this book, this writer. You know, he's the next guy, or this is fantastic. Just check this out. Yeah, um, it's, it's not going to be uh, really anything, uh, you know, that's directly connected to uh, the Turtles at all. Um, there's this, um, it's now a large graphic novel collection, uh, but there's a series called Berlin uh, by, uh, by a writer-artist named Jason Lutz, uh, which is about um, kind of Germany in the 1930s, um, in the 20s and 30s. Uh, and it's really just a look at, uh, you know, these, these uh, artists, living in Germany at that time during the Weimar Republic um, and their stories kind of intersect um, and they're going about their lives but in the background there's this fight between uh, you know the Nazis and, and the communists um, they're both are kind of vying for power in Germany at the time um, it's fa- it's just really fascinating um, it, it's it's historically I, I'm really into history so I'm, I was really into that the characters are fascinating the artwork is, is wonderful um, so if you're looking for something with a little bit more of a historical bent, more of a serious read, um, that, that, that'd be, that's kind of the, the best book I've read. It's a few years old now. Um, I mean, it's been going on for a long time, but uh, it wrapped up um, a little while back. But I just uh, finally got through it um, earlier this year. So that's, that's the top of my list currently. Thank you. That, that's a good suggestion. I'm going to write that one down. Um, is there any book, like if, if you say, hey, man, I'm going to hang up the turtles, you know, you're going to do your swan song, you're going to take your bow, you know, like Tom did. Is there any franchise that you would love or a series that you would just love to write, whether it be in anything that's not, you know, IDW, DC, Marvel, you know, Image? Is there anything out that you would just mean, man, I would love to have my hands on this one? Not really. You know, I've, I've worked on um, on Star Wars and I've worked on, uh, you know, we do these All Ages books with Marvel, so I've worked on Avengers, um, uh, you know, I've worked on Transformers, I've worked on Godzilla, um, there's, there's just a lot, a lot of my favorite things I've actually kind of worked on, um, I'm sure the second I get off the phone, I'm gonna think of something and be like, oh yes, of course this, um, <laughs> that's just what part know, two's for, yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge David Lynch fan, um, and so, like, if we could do, like, some sort of Twin Peaks comics, that, that would probably be it, but I would be terrified to work on that just because, um, it's, uh, you know, I love it so much, and it's, it's such a unique vision uh, that I, I feel like, I feel very scared about, uh, you know, messing it up. Um, so, uh, but, you know, for, for the sake of an answer, I'd say, uh, yeah, Twin, Twin Peaks would be something else, yeah. All right, and uh, last two questions. So you've got 
you had to choose one. So it's either the 2012 series that was on Nickelodeon that you liked better, or was it the original one you came up on in 87, 88? I think there's no doubt that the 2012 series is a, is a better show. Oh. Um, no, 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 disrespecting anyone who worked with the original. The original... Obviously, is, is wonderful and, and responsible for so much in Turtles today. But just in terms of the quality of the stories, um, and you know, the animation and the voice acting. Uh, actually, the voice acting was pretty phenomenal in the original cartoon. So I won't I won't say anything against that. Um, but I, I think just um, yeah, I, I would say the 2012 series. I, it was um, more entertaining. You know, I could I could watch that right now. Uh, Whereas I feel like I would maybe struggle. Yeah, I'd get some novelty uh, nostalgia value out of the original cartoon, but I don't think I could probably watch more than a few episodes uh, in, in a row without wanting a, wanting a break. So I'll go with the 2012. Yeah, it, it's definitely more of a consistent emo- uh, emotional roller coaster um, than that first one. And the last question if you had to pick a story arc that you've worked on in the Ninja Turtles from 1 to 108, what has been, you know, what has been the one that you would hang up on the refrigerator? What's been the one that stands out the most? Like, damn, I, I, we did it on this one. Uh, I would say, I would say issue 50. Um, and, and the storyline leading up to that with the, um, you know, in quotes, the death of Donatello. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, specifically number 50, I think that we really, uh, set it, set ourselves up for, um, a big story. And I, I, I don't feel, um, egotistical saying that I think we I think we did pretty well with it I think we set out what we achieved for um where you know 200 I think you know it had an emotional effect on you and uh I think we did a great job with it and really achieved a lot what we wanted to but I don't think it was I don't think there's any sour notes in number 50 whereas number 100 maybe it's just working behind it um you know I know there are things we weren't able to quite fit in and things that just kind of changed a little bit uh but Issue 50, I think, is really, um, you know, it, it would, if I had to take one single Turtles comic that I would probably be Turtles 50 as, as my favorite. All right, my friend. It's been a real pleasure. Um, is there anything that you would like to, you know, put out there, uh, you know, give everybody a, a plug for, you know, anything that you really want people to know? last year um, that, that I wrote uh, very, very different than Turtles. Um, but if you're looking for anything for me, that's, that's my most recent uh, personal work. Um, but yeah, you know, check out what we're doing at IDW. Um, I also edited the Yusagi Yojimbo series, which has connections to Turtles. Um, yeah, that, that remains one of my favorite books of all time. Um, we got uh, some really cool creator-owned series coming out. So yeah, um, yeah, keep reading Turtles, though. That's, that's why people are listening to you right now, and we got really exciting stuff coming up. Hey, I mean, we, we couldn't say it better. Keep reading Turtles, guys. Thank you. Uh- Thanks again for checking out the What's In My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.